lift me up and support me. Um, Lord, I pray that I can do the same for them. Lord, we pray for those that are missing this morning for whatever reason may be. Lord, that they would just feel your love and let your spirit fall upon them this morning. Um, Lord, we're thankful for this past week. Uh, getting together with family. Lord, in the days to come, Lord, as we remember the birth of your son, our Savior Jesus. God, I pray that we would uh, not take this time for granted. Lord, that we would enjoy it and find the joy in it. God, we are so thankful. Pray that you be at this service today, Lord, that you would just pour your spirit out on us today, Lord, as we unify. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Um, the message that God gave me today is so fitting because then when you, I don't know if anybody knows, but when you wake up on a Sunday morning and you still haven't got a message and you're waiting on God to speak to you so that you have something to say and it's not about you, it's about him, it's a little nerve-wracking. I left the house early this morning, I told Misty, I said, I don't know what I'm going to say today. I need to go spend some time alone with the Lord. Um, and what better place than to come to his house? Um, ironically enough, he gave me a message about being dependent or being independent. And which are we? I'm going to start off, I'll give you the definition of dependent. It's contingent on or determined by, or the second is requiring someone or something for support. That is dependent. Independent says that we are free from outside control, not depending on another's authority, and not depending on another for livelihood or substance. It kind of developed throughout this week as I uh, learned that my grandpa that lives in Montana kind of took a turn for the worse, um, and his wishes to stay in Montana become harder and harder to um, observe, and I was having a visit with my mom, and I'm sure that she won't mind. Um, but it would be easiest for my family if my grandpa would just move back to Missouri so that we could care for him um, as he's come to the point of his life where he can no longer care for himself. And it's come to the point where he just doesn't want to leave his home, which I understand that immensely. And I get it. Um, but as I explained to my mother, I said, when you lose your independence and you start depending on somebody else, that means you no longer have the authority to make the decision. As hard as that is, as life presses forward, it got me to thinking. You know, when I gave my life to Christ, I was no longer independent. When I gave my life to Christ, I said, God, I need saving. God, I need a Savior. Lord, I don't want to live my life by my own accord. Lord, I want to live my life according to your will and your purpose. God, I want you to become Lord God. I want you to become controller of my life. You know, so as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we're dependent on the Lord, or we should be. It's our independence and the thought that we are independent that create struggles for us in our life, right? It's the thought that we don't have to depend on God for things that get us into trouble a lot of times. 
It's the thought that I can do this on my own and I don't need outside influence. I don't need anybody else's likeliness to, to, to sustain me. You know, you're growing up and you're, you're a teen. The, the most thing that you want is independence. You want independent from your parents. You want independent from living, you know, under their rule and under their authority. But I will tell you this, as you grow, you are always controlled by someone or something. It never ends. It doesn't matter how old you are. Life kind of comes full cycle. My mom took care of a neighbor lady there for a long time, and she got to the point where she had to go back and start wearing Depends again, and she goes, you know what? It just comes full circle. You come into this world wearing diapers, you go out wearing diapers. She says, I'm like a child again. But guess what? God says, come to me as a child. Why? Because a child is dependent on the Father. A child is fully dependent on the Father. And we as Christians, a lot of times, try to live independent lives. We try to make decisions on our own. We react on our own. We want to live with no authoritative figure. But in actuality, as a Christian, we should be fully submissive. We should be fully submissive to a father that loves us and wants the best for us. And so as I got into this message today, as I woke up this morning and my head popped off the pillow and it's like, I've got nothing. That's a scary feeling, guys. I'm just going to tell you. You wake up on a Sunday morning about 8 o'clock and you realize that you have no message for 11. It's a scary feeling. But there's no fitting time better than this so when you give your dependency to God you become fully dependent on God because I'll tell you this I don't get my sermons off the internet I don't read somebody else's sermon I depend on God's word and God's spirit to lay a message on my heart to forgive to his church to his people that's my job that's what God has called me to do in this season. I'm not saying this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It may be, it may not be. I don't have a clue. But for this season, God has called me to relay a message to his people. And as I learned this week and had several conversations about health dependencies and things of that nature, God was giving me a message the whole week long. As these tough conversations come up with my grandpa and my family, I pray that you would keep them in your prayers. Because these are tough conversations, but this is a conversation that God told me this morning that I need to have with his people that we need to become more dependent on his nature and who he is and what he has for us and stop acting like we are independent from him. Amen? That's a struggle I have. I want to make my own decisions. I don't want to act like I live under somebody else's authority. But I'll ask you the question this morning that hit me. What or who controls you? See, there's many different things that this world will give you that subsequently will control your life. There's tons of medications that control your life. Drugs, alcohol, addictions, people, money, objects, right? All of these things from the earth, they want to control your life. They want to be controller of you because even God calls the devil the ruler of this world. Why? Because he hasn't came back yet to claim it. He will. And I thank him for that. And he's coming back to get us. He's coming back to get his children. But what controls you this morning? 
What was your driving factor of coming to church this morning? These questions start snowballing in my mind. Did you come here out of routine? Did you come here because this is what you do on Sunday morning? Did you come here because somebody else was coming here? Or did you come here seeking the face of God to be into his presence so that he might tell you what your next move is? See, I believe that everybody comes for a different purpose. And I believe that church is a great place to come unify and get unified by the Spirit of God that we may help one another, that we may build one another, that we may sanctify one another, that we can confirm to one another the things that God has told us all week long, right? I've had people in my life come across me and say certain things to me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was the same thing that I heard two days ago. And then you go another two days and you hear the same thing again, it kind of gets you thinking, right? Like, my gosh, is God telling me something? Is God trying to give me a message? Is God trying to work through me? You know, if you hear the same thing over and over and over again, and you've been seeking God for advice or something of that nature, you might ought to start listening. But God uses us to confirm to his other children certain things, right? We can be used by God by just being here. But it comes through a desire of a relationship with him. Because, see, we train our children from the time that they're born till the time they leave the house to be fully independent of us, right? Because nobody wants to keep their, their kids that long. I'm no, just kidding. But for real. Um, you train your kids to live without you. That's what you do. My mom always told me it's pretty simple. You teach them right for wrong. You hope they make the right decision later on in life. I'm like, wow, that scares me a little bit. <laughs> that that's the only control that I have. Um, but you train your kids to be independent. But what you can also do is train them to be independent from you, but fully dependent on God. You can teach them to seek after God. And the best way to teach them to do something is to live your life the way that you want them to live. I believe that's why Jesus came. Because he had to come to this earth to experience everything that we could experience so that he could set the perfect example of the way to walk across the face of this earth. He was tempted. The devil tempted him. Tempted him with food. First thing, went 40 days without food, and he said, you can turn that rock right there into bread. I know you can do it and eat. He said, that's great. Yes, I can, but... I'm not going to, because it's not my father's timing. It's not my father's will that I turn that rock into bread and eat right now. He has better food for me. He has more for me, right? The devil tries to tempt us with things of this world because that's the only control that he has is things of this world to try to make us think that we are independent. See, our nature is to be independent, and that's what the devil wants, is for us to be fully independent, to think that we are not under control by anything else. God says, I love you. Allow me to be your father. I'll send my son to die on a cross, that you may accept him as Savior and be adopted into the family as my child. That's what God wants. Allow me to be your father. I'm going to start out just a real quick one in Psalms 42, and then I'm going to go to 1 Kings chapter 18. Psalms 42, verse 1 says, As a heart panteth after water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Do we have that desire 
See, one thing in my walk that I was lacking was the desire to be obedient to God. I accepted Christ as Savior when I was like 12 years old. I didn't get baptized until I was 29. And when I'll tell you, whenever I got baptized, it was my first real and true act of obedience for what God had for my life. And it started the wheels turning that produced the person that's standing in front of you today. It wasn't anything I did other than be obedient to what God had laid out for me in my life. Obedience is allowing yourself to surrender to a higher authority, right? I believe that that is one of the world's number one biggest problems, is I don't want to surrender, kneel, bow, or give up any authority that I think I have. I don't want to. I'm my own person. I can make my own decisions. You're right. God gave you free will. You absolutely can. But when you choose the Father... When you choose the Father, you should become dependent on Him. And I don't think the church today is dependent enough on Him. Why? Because He tells us in Chronicles that if my people who are called by my name, did you get that? My people who are called by my name, He's talking about His children. If His children will turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves, then I will heal from heaven and I will heal their land. It's not the people that don't know God that's the problem. It's the people that know God that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. They don't have a dependency on God. I'm going to read you about Elijah here in just a second. And Elijah is no better than any of us are. But Elijah called upon his father, the God of Isaac and Jacob and Abraham, and allowed him to work through him. We can do the same thing. Because it's the same God that he served is the same God we serve. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Elijah's no better than any other of us. He's just a man. But he was an obedient man. He was dependent on God for this. So I'm going to lead you a little quip here. And most of us are familiar with this story. And it's an interesting story. It's 1 Kings chapter 18. Starting in verse 22, I'm going to kind of give you the backdrop here. It says, Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. So you got Elijah versus 450 prophets of Baal. It says, Let them therefore give us two bollocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut into pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and I will lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answereth by fire. Let him be God. And all the people answered and said it is well spoken. So Elijah set up a deal with the prophets of Baal. And he said, you take a sacrifice, I'll take a sacrifice. You lay yours on wood, I'll lay mine on wood. And the God that answers with fire, let that God be God. Because they're saying, my God's real, Baal is real. Baal is a real God. Elijah's saying, funny that you say that, because I actually serve the Lord God, and he is the God. So they made this deal. I'm going to skip over their part, and I'm going to come back to it. No, I'm not. 
It says in verse 26, I'm going to skip a little bit here, verse 26, and it says, And they took the, bell, the bullock which was given to them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is a journey, or peradventure, he sleepeth, and must be awaked. So Elijah's saying, scream louder, he ain't hearing you. You got nothing. From the morning until noon, you've got nothing. You're not loud enough. He's doing, he's busy with some other people, or he's asleep, or he's gone. At verse 28, I want you to look at this. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. This is where we get when we are fully independent and not dependent on God. We end up hurting ourselves and other people around us trying to serve something else besides God our Father. If we try to serve this world, we will hurt ourselves and we will hurt the people around us. If we serve anything but God the Father, the creator of all, we will hurt ourselves. Look what they're doing. It says they jumped up on the altar. They started screaming and cutting themselves. Because, see, they don't serve God the Father. They serve a God of this world, a God that is not in existence. They, they put their belief system in something that was totally wrong. That's what happens when we let and allow something other than the Father to be in control of our lives. You know, I used to dip tobacco. And I used to skip out on family things so I could go dip tobacco because my wife hated it and would call me out on it. And so I would come up with things to do outside to go dip tobacco. Tobacco became a controller of my life. I was choosing it over my family. And then all of a sudden, my two-year-old son starts spitting around. Because everybody, the guys in my family, chew tobacco, besides my dad. And I looked at my son, and I didn't want this controlling factor for my son. I don't want to hide around and sneak anymore. And I prayed to God for a while, and it took a while. And I tried to quit by myself, and I finally just gave it all to God, and I said, God, I need you. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And God answered my prayer. And I've been quit for over three years now. But when I came fully dependent on God to help me with my addiction, and yes, even though it's tobacco, it's still an addiction, and it's one of the hardest things I've ever tried to quit in my life. It had control over me. I was giving control over me. It not only controlled my finances, because it cost quite a little bit of money, and especially if you don't buy it in Missouri before you go to Arkansas, you're going to pay a lot down there. But it controls you. Anything that you allow in that has some sort of control over you that isn't God the Father is bringing you closer to this earth, and what we're trying to do is grow out of this earth. Why? Because it's a temporary place to be, and I don't want to make my home here. This is not my permanent dwelling. I'm walking through here. 
and I don't want anything that ties me to this place. I don't want God to come back and me have to say, hold on, wait a second. I'll be ready in a minute. Anyway, I'm going to read that verse again. It says, And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. They went all day. Didn't hear nothing, nothing happened. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar so great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Has anybody ever tried to start a fire with saturated wood? You can't do it. You can't do it. You've got to get it hot enough to get the water out of it somehow. You've got to have some kind of dry kindling. You've got to have something to get a fire started. He said, fill four barrels of water. Fill four barrels of water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. I want you to realize what Elijah did, what the rest of us can do, is he gave all glory, all dominion to God. <clears throat> I am servant, right? He said, I am servant. Let everybody know that you're God. He didn't say anything about himself. He didn't say anything that proclaimed Elijah's name because he had no power and no authority but by God himself. But he had dependency on God. He was depending on God to spark this fire. And he had faith in God that God would spark this fire. And he had faith enough to say, saturate this place, make this altar a bowl of water so that people may know that it is not me, that it is you. You know, when I pray for a message, when I seek out God for a message for the church, that is one thing I always pray. I said, make it a message so that they know that it is not me talking. Make it a message so profound that it is way beyond anything that I could ever do so that they don't look at me, that they look at you. That's what we should pray, right? Because everything we do is a reflection of him because he gives us the life that we have inside of us. Without him, we are nothing. We are lifeless and would have never been in existence to start with. So when we try to walk without him, it only makes sense that we fall apart and become 
or we become dependent on the world instead of God, right? Oh, I want independence. I don't want to be obligated to do these things. I don't want to have to do these things. I don't want to have to pray. We get to pray by the death of Jesus that tore the veil. We get to approach the throne boldly because of what Jesus Christ did. We get to be adopted into the family because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. You don't have to be anything because God gave you free will. But what we should want to be is dependent on a God and Father above that loves us and has absolutely the best in store for us. In verse 36, I'm going to read it again. It says, And it came to pass the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Verse 37, Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God, the Lord. He is the God. There's not multiple. There is the Lord God. There is the God above. There is the Father, there is the creator. You can't put your stock in anything else except for what? You're going to fall short. Can you be independent? Yes, you absolutely can. You have the choice. Should you be? Absolutely not. Because your dependency is going to fall somewhere. At some time, you're going to need help from something other than yourself. You cannot always sustain yourself. So where is your dependency going to fall? Is it going to fall on man? Because, oh, if you guys are starting to depend on me, you're in a real bad way because I still make mistakes. And at some juncture, despite my best efforts, I will probably let you down because I'm just a man. But God is perfect in every single way, and he wants every single thing that is good for you. He says, I want to give you not only life, but I want you to have life abundant. There is so much more than we could ever fathom that happens in this world that we can have at our hands, at our fingertips, that he wants us to have, but we won't become fully dependent on him so that we can have them. It's like, oh, you get right there and you, you feel in your relationship with the Lord that it's so close and we're walking that way and we're walking towards God and everything's getting closer and the light's getting brighter and you feel better and better and then it's like something shiny passes by and you're like, ooh. Because that's the devil and he uses things in this world to distract you from what your one true purpose is, where your focus should be, right? Let's talk about anxiety a little bit. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Why should we put our dependency in the Lord the Father? Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 31, 31, it says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. 
But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Right? There's no need for anxiety. Who's the next president? Don't know. God's not shocked. God's not scared about what Biden's going to do. God doesn't care what Trump's going to do. My dependency is not on the next president of the United States. Because guess what? Whoever it is, I will keep serving the Father above. I will follow the rules of the land until they intercede the rules of my father, and then I will take over the rules of my father. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Follow the rules of the land until they cross my path, and then don't. Then follow me. Pretty easy, right? Anxiety, gone. What are you going to wear tomorrow? Doesn't matter. What are you going to eat tomorrow? Doesn't matter. Where's your money going to be in 20 years? Interest rate's going to be up or down. Guess what? Doesn't matter. He says, I know that you have need for all these things. I got you. What's he tell you to do? He says, tell you, tells you to give of your money to other people. Give of your time to other people. Give of your clothes to other people. If you've got a heater in your house and somebody is cold, give them heat. That's what I do. That's what we're supposed to do. Followers are supposed to live like me. Jesus gave of himself so that others might be saved. God gave of his son so that the world might be able to approach him. But when we become dependent on the things of this world, we become dependent on the ruler of this world. And that says it is Satan. But when we put our stocks in things that are higher and above this world, because we know that we don't build a house here, I've only put up a tent because I'm sojourning through this land. I'm an immigrant, an alien coming through. I'm walking through because I'm not planted here. So what if I don't have any money tomorrow? God says, don't worry about it. So if I'm not worried about my own livelihood... Where's the anxiety come in? Where's depression come in? Right? None of these things are of God. They're of this world. He says, yep, you're going to battle these things because you're going to let your mind wander and you're going to let Satan have a little fun in that place right up here because you're going to get to thinking about these things. But rest assured in my promises that I know you have need of these things and I will take care of you. Why? Because he breathed life into you to start with. He gave you the life that you have. The money that you've racked up over the years, guess what? God allowed you to have it. That car that you drive, you think you're that good? My Bible tells me that all have fallen short of the glory of God. Anxiety. Stress. It's earthly. It's exactly what Satan wants us to have. Depression. Depression numbers since this confinement, since COVID started, has skyrocketed through the roof. Because now people are cooped up in their house watching this garbage on TV. And it is filth, filling your mind with Satan. 
Who can you trust? We were listening to a radio station on the way to Branson one day. One commercial said something about electoral fraud and how there was overwhelming evidence. And the next commercial, after the song, said that there were claims of fraud but no proof. Same radio station, one song apart. Completely opposite. Guess what? I'm still going to serve God. It doesn't change anything. It changes nothing. God is still ruler. God is still Alpha Omega. God is beginning and the end. God is not of this world. And neither should we be. We shouldn't be. This anxiety and the depression and the things that we're battling. And I, I mourn for these people. I'm not saying that I don't battle it because I do. I'm human just like everybody else. And I let Satan in my mind just a little bit. See, that's what I did when I had popped off the pillow this morning and said, I ain't got a message for the church this morning. That was fear and that is not of God. God says, I will supply everything that you need. He gave me a job to do. Why would I doubt that he wouldn't supply the tools to do it? Here I am. Sometimes his timeline doesn't match up with mine. And I really wish it would. You know, if I could get a message about Sunday evening or Monday morning, that way I didn't have to worry about it all week, that'd be great. But a lot of times it doesn't work like that. I was traveling to Horseshoe Bend when I was preaching down there about a two-hour drive, and we had a heck of a morning trying to get there. God had given me a word that I didn't even understand, and I wanted to quit. I just told him, I told my wife, we got to, I don't know, somewhere down in Arkansas, and Tate threw up because he was a baby in a car seat, and he threw up all over himself, and I'm like, I'm calling him. We ain't going to make it. I'm done. Wife says, nope, there's a Dollar General. We're going to buy some clothes. We're rolling on because you've got a job to do. Guess what hit me when I stood up behind that pulpit? The word that he gave me, I hadn't lived yet. I couldn't understand it because I hadn't been there yet. I lived it on the way to church that morning. When you become fully dependent on God, you have to know that he's got an answer for every question. You may not like it. It may not come in your time. But every desire of the heart that he's ever gave you, that you've ever felt, God has a holy and righteous answer for. The problem is, is we want to become independent. We want to take shortcuts because God's timeline isn't good enough for us. Well, that's not the answer I wanted. I'm going to do my own thing. We become not dependent on God and we try to become an independent being. But we're a family. Everyone that sits here this morning shares the same blood. Because me and Christy, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we were covered by His blood. We are family. And it's a more powerful blood than I could ever have inside of my own body. Verse 34, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, Listen to this. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. God's telling us, listen. Satan is going to try you today. 
He's going to beat you up today. He's going to try to distract you today. He's going to tell you that you're not good enough today. He's going to tell you that you ain't got what it takes. You don't have the abilities to do that job. You don't got any talent. Be afraid. Be scared. You don't know what's going to happen. Let that anxiety build up. I'm going to go home and I'm going to isolate myself. And then I'm going to become depressed. Do that. That's what Satan's saying. And God's saying, I know. There's enough going on today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about your battles today. I'll handle tomorrow. I'm already there. And guess what? He's there with us today as well as your tomorrow. That's why when we wake up in the morning, we pick up our cross and we go to battle. Pick up your cross, you put on the full armor of God, and you go to withstand the wiles of the devil for that day, taking no thought for the morrow. Because God says, put your faith in me, you depend on me, I'll get you through. We have to know that that doesn't always mean life, guys. We have to know that life on this earth isn't always the answer. We have to know that our life here is not the most valuable thing. But our life everlasting is the most valuable thing. Setting up for the gospel, standing in the gap for the weak, speaking for the mute one day might get me killed. It looks as though that's what our country's coming to. Will it make me stop? I'm dependent on God that it won't. Because my nature is to back down. My nature is to keep my mouth shut. But there will come a day where we have to stand dependent on God. And we will answer for those choices that we make. I've got a whole lot of other scriptures, but I want to skip to the very last one. Because this is the most important. Last question is, why should I be dependent on God? Right? Still not convinced. Why should I be dependent on God? You haven't given me enough today, Pastor. You've told me all these things, and, and you've read these verses out of the Bible, and I get it, and I've read through the anxiety in the kingdom of heaven and how it doesn't fit, and you know I know that I should depend on clothes and food and money and everything like that from God. I've heard it a thousand times. It's harder than you think. I get it heard it a thousand times too but sometimes that thousand and first time is the time that it sticks some of us get a few thousand more times to go I'm a little thick-headed it takes me a little longer a little slower than most people you want another reason here's the best reason in my opinion in John chapter 5 verse 19 it says then answered Jesus and said unto them Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater, greater works than these that ye may marvel." Final answer is why be dependent on God? Because Jesus is our benchmark. He is our example. Being a Christian means to walk after Christ. Not walk after being a Baptist, not walk after being Church of Christ, but to be Christ-like. 
to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And Jesus says, can't do nothing without the Father. The Son that came as a sacrifice for you himself said, can't do it without the Father. What better reason do you need besides our example, who your life is supposed to mimic, who we're supposed to be walking towards, other than the fact that he says, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. Right? Do you need a better answer? Who's got an excuse left today? Man, I don't. I'm all out of excuses. Today's the day. If you would, please stay in. We're going to open up the altars today, guys. I, today is a day of reckoning. Man, sometimes I get out on a limb, and I want to be independent, and I want to be a free thinker, right? You've heard that word. That's the new glorified term of today is a free thinker, right? You want to be non-denominational, a free thinker, and that's fine as long as you're following Christ. But free thinking is not a way to be dependent on God the Father. Free thinking is relying on yourself. I don't want to rely on me, guys, and I don't want you to rely on me. That puts a lot of added pressure on my life that I don't need, <laughs> to be honest. But I will help you in any capacity that I can. And I can assure you that I will seek God for answers to questions you ask me. Because I want to be fully dependent on God the Father, the one that gave me life and has given me everything that I have accumulated to this point. The relationships I have, the family that I have, it's all because of what God has done in my life. But when we become obedient and we become dependent on the Father himself, it will be a path of righteousness. It will be a good path. He's not going to stick us in a spot that he said he doesn't give us a way out. There's nothing that can overcome you. Why? Because he says that he has overcame the world through the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. Death has no sting. It doesn't hurt us anymore. So today, I'm going to open up the altars. If you're tired of living that independent life and you want to give it back to God, now's the time. Give it back to God. Say, God, I've been living free thinking. I've been trying to make choices on my own. God, and I'm tired of it because my choices, they're not that great. I've been having some rough spots in my life. And God, I know I'm still going to have rough spots, but I want to fall on you when I fall down. I want you to walk beside me so that I don't fall, just like the song that Grandma sung. Because he's with us, and he wants to walk with us. The altars are open today. Come pray. Let me be like you in all my ways. Give me your strength. Teach me your song. 
shelter me in the shadow of your wings, for we are yours, righteousness, if we die to ourselves and live through your death, we shall be born.